Separated by Cosmic Cabinets, Brandon, Paul, and Logan are broadcasting the Breakdown Podcast live using their telepathic powers. My name is Brandon Miracle, broadcasting live from the Breakroom Arcade. If you look south of me in the video version, you'll see the beautiful face of Paul Anderson broadcasting hey. live from the Breakroom Hi, Clubhouse. If you look to the right of me in the video version, you'll see Logan Welliver broadcasting live from... Uh, here. Breakroom Bedroom? Not. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to stop and just see what would happen. Uh, welcome to episode 15 of the Breakdown Podcast, recorded live on May 25th, 2018. Um, hey to everybody in the chat. We got a lot to talk about today. Um, uh, lots of stuff going on in the old Nintendo universe. We got Donkey Kong DLC to talk about in Mario and Rabbids. Mm. Uh, news that Resident Evil 7 is getting a cloud version in Japan. It's actually already out. Um, Nintendo's applied for a Nintendo 64 trademark. There's been a lot of trademarks going on. Um, me Studio, you can now make your Mies in your web browsers, and a bunch of other stuff. So, to kind of kick things off, we will start with the DK Adventure DLC in Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Oh, God. This, like, this is such a nice little package of DLC. Like, I'm 25 hours deep, and I'm almost done with the story, and then this is going to add, like, another 10 hours to it. Like, that's really awesome, like... Yeah. Especially depending on the price, which we don't quite know yet. But I think like, no, I, we do know. Hours. Oh, do we? The season pass has been available since launch. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, I, I think it might just that. be like 20 bucks. I do think this is the only DLC we're getting. Um, but if we do get more after this, that'd be cool. Because they're, I mean, they're 10 releasing... hours worth of story, you know, for 20 bucks. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's a heck of a lot more than I ever expected to get. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting maybe, like, a little three- or four-hour campaign with, like, maybe five or six battles, but this this goes above and beyond my expectations. It's kind of like they're uh, putting a whole other game in there. And, like, looking at their their set or the cast of characters for this, Donkey Kong, uh, Cranky Kong, or Rabid, and then Rabid Peach. Yeah. And Rabid like Peach that's... looks like she has new skills or, like, skills a different tr- from the main a new game. tree yeah so uh that's pretty interesting i like the idea that they're bringing rabid peach into this not only like because it fits from a story perspective but yeah um, she's also very, my favorite yeah like she's the she's probably <laughs> the most popular character in the game and they're giving her some uh some new life some new attention um mm-hmm. obviously we have donkey kong i do want to take a moment to talk about rabid kong because that or rabid cranky kong because that oh. actually came as a surprise to me same. <laughs> um, I I love how he he rides around on Beepo like a like a unicycle. <laughs> um, it's amazing. It, I love. I, I saw this on Game Explain, but like when you're on the pause menu and you're like you're looking through um, like weapons and stuff. Exactly what you're talking about. Rabid Peach will like try to take a selfie with Rabid Cranky Kong, and he'll get mad at her. <laughs> That is such a nice detail. Like that—that that alone makes me glad that Rabid Peach is in the mix because she just adds so much fun to that dynamic. Yeah, they, they really like nail the character personalities here. Um, so far, it looks like the blandest character in the package might actually be Donkey Kong. I think they make up for it well, though, in like how they modeled his move set. Oh yeah, because, like if yeah, you yeah, watch yeah. how he plays, like it's such a. It's so different from like the whole other part or the rest of the game. Yeah, though you have the like little pads that you can jump and like really move around the or the area. Mm-hmm. You can pick like anything up and like once he gets done moving, he can toss it. I really like that. Like the it, fact it that they really 
they, they made brand new gameplay mechanics and elements for this DLC, which really makes this DLC super valuable. Um, Absolutely. I can't wait to just, like, try out Donkey Kong. They've, they've talked about, like, how he's, you know, how they were, like, exploring his character for um, moves. And one of the things they mm-hmm. thought about was the coconut gun, but they just ultimately decided against using the coconut gun because they're like, well, we kind of already did that with every other character that's playable. Let's make him a yeah. close-range character and uh, focus his moveset around that. that. Perfect. Like, they're those guys really know what they're doing over there at, at uh, this Ubisoft team. Um, Davide, Davide oh. Soliani is a mastermind, by the way. <laughs> um, I, I'm convinced at this point he can do no wrong. Yeah, I also, I just want to speak out about, like, uh, the love affair between, like, I think it's Grant Kirkhope. And Davide. And, and yeah, on, on Twitter. Yeah. They're just, like, constantly going back and forth, and it's it's kind of adorable. Um, you know what? I'm slightly less excited than you guys are for this DLC. And, and I'll tell you why, and that's because I've only finished the first world of this game. I have not finished this game or... De- you know, I just keep putting it off for other things, and I never go back to it, you know? Honestly, like, I'm still on, like, I think the third to last world, or I might have gotten past that and, like, stopped immediately when I got to the last world. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel you, like, there's been a lot of other things that kind of grabbed my attention, but I think this is of solid reason for me to go back and finish that, because I really just right, want to try in preparation. Out yeah. And knowing that it's yeah. only 10 hours, like, it doesn't feel intimidating, but it definitely feels like a good reason to come back. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's it, just substantial enough. Oh, yeah. I love, I love hearing that a game is, like, shorter, right? So, I, because it, it makes me think about how I'm going to budget my time for it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really easy when a game is, like, 12 or, like, less hours. Like, it's really easy to justify just sitting on the couch for, like, three days straight <laughs> and just playing through <laughs> the whole thing, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. fun. Like, I, that's how I played through all the Uncharted games. I just kind of sat there for a bit. And, you know, sometimes it only took me two sit-ins, you mm-hmm. know, to get through those games. Um, so, yeah, maybe for the same... For this maybe i just need to play a little bit more or segment it out like okay now i'm gonna finish the world you, know, I, I'm gonna you do also that like you game. watched a lot of me streaming that too yes i did <laughs> i watched a lot of it so i wonder if that's playing into it at all too it might but i didn't see like the end game stuff so i probably if i get after like after a certain point i'll probably be a lot more uh inclined to play it because i haven't seen it you know mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that I got through the first world, you know, is is good enough. You know, yeah. it's not like I've not done nothing with the game. So sure, there's still three worlds for you left to enjoy. Right, that's the bright side. Is you still you got should, three. Like, worlds. Get with Johnny and play the co-op stuff. The co-op stuff. Oh, really Johnny's good. not gonna play that with me. <laughs> oh, come on, you got to find someone. Johnny's to play a bum. Johnny's a bum. Johnny doesn't like playing anything that isn't um, like nostalgia bait. Oh. or like <laughs> NBA or Call of Duty. Like you I'll need, play Call of Duty with them. You need to find I, the right Jackbox. person to play this with because uh, I've yeah. I played a lot of it with uh, with Devin, mm-hmm. and like you you control two characters each. Um, I have played a little bit cool. of it. Yeah, I I played a little bit with I played with Nolan uh, one time. Um, for for like a new like. I guess we could say new IP. This is technically a new IP for for something that's so right. new. This game is incredibly well packed, like with stuff. Yeah, to do. Um, they na- they nailed this like yeah. absolutely. 
Um, I'm excited. Well, I mean, for, I think... I'm excited for yeah. the Donkey Kong Adventure DLC. Um, the fact that like there's three worlds contained within that itself, and we're going away from Mario and mixing things up Ooh. with Donkey Kong, so there's going to be even more references. Uh, I've heard some of the music I mean, from they Grant changed, Kirkhope, like the coins to bananas and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're really they're really going as far as they should be, and I would say even further than you know than the average person would have thought. So that's yeah. exciting. Um, I it, feel like I should be more excited just because it's Donkey Kong. You know, I. I love Donkey Kong. Like I've I've talked about. I have a video up on the channel about Donkey Kong Country. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll probably pick it up at some point. Mm-hmm. Really quickly in the chat, uh, Nintendo Snow Plays said uh, Rosalina would make a good, really good addition. Imagine Rabid Rosalina. I, I actually would be very curious to see what they do with her personality if they do something kind of like crazy, like Rabid Peach. They have to have a Rabid Luma to go along with her. Ooh, that would make it so amazing. That'd be pretty cute. Um, yeah, so, you know, maybe we'll get more DLC in the future. And uh, I kind of want to see them follow this trend of maybe extending outside of Mario and uh, maybe focusing on some of those, like, tertiary franchises to Mario, like Yoshi. Um, I think it'd be <laughs> cool. And uh, it, it makes it fresher, like, when we get there. Okay, and now the next question is, what IP does Ubisoft touch next? That's a good question. Uh, F-Zero. Like, if we can have Ubisoft make another game with some Nintendo IP, what Nintendo IP Wasn't there some IP IP that they expressed interest in working with? Did they? I think I could have sworn they did, but I don't remember which one it was. I don't remember anything like that. I know Koei Tecmo has been, been expressing interest in other things. Oh, yeah, that was Mario, wasn't it? That might yeah. have been what I was thinking of. I want to say they talked about Star Fox, too, or maybe something else. Um, yeah. But I think they actually got turned down on Mario. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, well, understandable. <laughs> I mean, it, this, is, this is kind of exciting in another sense, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, Nintendo kept talking about how they were doing more things with more companies right and that's certainly the case you look at the amount of other large companies that will develop a game for nintendo like bandai namco or um or ubisoft or all these other stuff like so there's just so many options and so many like possibilities so i wonder like if nintendo will like let them have the reign on something else you know Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be loosening up. I wouldn't be surprised if at E3 we see a brand new collaboration that we weren't expecting. Yeah, I'd um, love that. So for those of you who haven't gotten Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, there is a new option for you. They're releasing a gold edition at the same day that the DLC drops that will feature the DLC in the package. Um, so there's a new option for you there if you haven't picked it up. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend you pick up this game. It really is a golden treasure, and it's going to be one of those games that the Switch is remembered for. Guaranteed. Um, cause it came, it came out in those early months of the switch where we didn't have a lot of new and, uh, that, that kind of started <laughs> headlining, headlining the new and original stuff we were got, getting for switch. Um, so with that moving on, Mario Tennis Aces demo is now available for download. Um, that will not be live until next weekend will be the online tournament. Um, and sure enough, within one day of the demo going live, it has been data mined, and the entire character roster has been leaked online. We can't have nice things. 
Um, this so is why we can't have nice things. I am going to read them off really quick. So if you don't want to hear that, um, just mute for like like the next 20 la, seconds. La, la. Yeah. Um, so the characters are as follows. Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi, Peach, Daisy, Yoshi, DK, Bowser, Bowser Jr., Dry Bowser, Boo, Rosalina, Toadette, Toad, Diddy Kong, Koopa Troopa, Paratroopa, Shy Guy, Kamek, Birdo, Spike, Dry Bones, Boom Boom, Chain Chomp, and Blooper. Um, so that could include like all the DLC, well not DLC, but like the tournament characters we unlock for participating online. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. don't know for sure if it does. Um, but uh, look, right off the bat, I'm noticing that they're not really pulling new characters as much as they're pulling from other Mario minions that we've seen in the past, which is uh-huh. an, interesting, That's an approach. interesting approach. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a good variety like in here. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I really, I really like this. And um, boom boom could probably come with like a male female variety. Right. And, and who knows, like they could have more than this you know down the line depending on yeah. how the game does i will and, say oh here's the paid dlc there's one glaring omission from this who's that it's a uh, pauline uh, yeah they should really add pauline um from her super mario odyssey appearance yeah after she really kind after of after that like it's kind of that right, really right is a bad, front. like, character to miss. Yeah. The mayor of New Donk City. Why is the mayor not invited to this, you know, They might be, like, <laughs> they might not want to, like, push too far with, um, the, like, the old Donkey Kong arcade references and bringing Pauline, like, back full-on into the Mario universe. But if uh-huh. they put her in a headlining Mario game, they're... There's kind of like no excuse. Like she has every right. Yeah, to she be was really prominent in that game. Yeah, I mean, you, the, you go to New Donk City and you're like, this is incredible, and there's the whole festival, and she's singing, and it's like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. No, I think, I think, I don't think this will be all the characters we have. Uh, yeah, I don't either. No, but I mean, for for the free stuff, for the okay, we're playing online and unlocking these characters. These are just the unlockables, right? A lot of them are. Obviously, you're going to start with Mario and Luigi, uh, but we'll get more down the line. I mean, if if um, if Nintendo is going to keep on doing what they're doing, then you're going to see a twenty dollar DLC pack down the line. You know? Yeah. That's just what you're going to see. I just uh, took a quick head count, and I, I think it was either 26 or 27 playable characters out of that list. That's a lot that's not for a, a tennis roster, game. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's more than Mario Kart, I think. At least, like, Especially Mario for, Kart like, Wii. a good-looking Mario Tennis game. Oh, yeah. Like, a really good-looking Mario Tennis game. Like, I haven't been excited for a tennis game in a long time. Like, I'll talk about it again and again and again and again and again. Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color is the best Mario Tennis game. And this game looks like it's given it a run for its money. That's true. So, and you know like we recently like had that uh that character trailer, not the character, the story trailer a little while ago, which kind of That was interesting. It kind of blew me away in a in a sense that I wasn't expecting the story to kind of be that deep. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have Luigi. They're, like, making Luigi kind of a, a villain, it seems like. He's getting taken over by this racket, um, and now Mario has to go rescue him. So it's not Peach right. getting kidnapped for once, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of an awesome story. Yeah. It's always fun it's, when they change it up. 
This is a title that I'm still not entirely sure on, but like the more I see of it, like that story trailer especially was like a good selling point for me. It's probably not like a launch game for, but definitely something that like I look forward to playing out the demo and then eventually picking up if I can get it a yeah. little cheaper. They're really kind of pushing like the replay value on this one. So like they have that nice single player adventure, which is something we've never really had for Mario Tennis outside of the handheld games. Um and they're going to support it post-launch with, you know, online tournaments that actually get you really cool rewards like playable characters. So I think they've got a good strategy here for this game. And they're, I think they're actually viewing this game as an evergreen title, more so than they have yeah. in the past. Yeah, um, it looks like it. It looks like it. It looks like they're doing the kind of the same kind of thing that they were doing with, you know, um, specifically with Splatoon 2 and ARMS, you know. Just rolling out that DLC slowly, incentivizing people to keep coming back to play certain modes, specifically for this one. It's like, hey, guys, play online, because that's how you're going to get the characters, you know? I feel like they need to be pushing that, like, those online titles in preparation for Switch Online. Get oh, absolutely. Get hyped up for that. Absolutely. Like, this they're, is a good game for that. They're showing that they're serious about this. And that they're going to do it right. So each of their games with their online offerings, it's like, okay, look at this. This is, it's compelling. I have a reason for all these different games to purchase the online service, you know? So slowly but surely, I think you will see more things roll out from more games that'll be just like, this is what we've been waiting for. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Maruto Fighter in the chat. Um, who, who recently commented on Paul's background? Um, th- I do have an update, actually. Go for it. Um, I st- I had I had all of my poster collection. I have a very large like movie poster collection. Um, I moved into this house pretty fairly recently, and I just haven't really taken the time to set up stuff like that because I'm not sure how long I'm going to be here. But I I did get my poster collection, and I did bring it back. I was planning on hanging up a poster or two this weekend for you, man. For you. I got new posters. Um, (laughs) I already have posters. So thanks for checking us back out. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to see how I feel about the game after I play the demo this coming weekend. Uh, There's so many changes to the core. how you feel? There's so many changes to the core gameplay that I I definitely feel like this is going to be a very different Mario Tennis than we're used to. Yeah, I think, like, the interesting thing with Switch is that I... it seems like they're not just putting games on the console because, oh, hey, we haven't had like a Mario Tennis game in a while. We should put another Mario Tennis out. It's, hey, let's make a really good Mario Tennis game. And, yeah, Switch is our console right now, so that's where it's going to go. But it, it, on, on, another hand, on the other hand, it almost feels like this game is an apology for Ultra Smash. <laughs> oh, it totally is. It totally is. Like, I never actually played Ultra Smash. And then, like, in the past, like, few months, it's like we've been talking about it because of the new Mario Tennis, right? And I'm just looking at this, and I'm like, wait, that's that can't be it, right? <laughs> like, Ooh, man, there's nothing game. here. <laughs> there's nothing here. But... And yeah, so they're definitely it's an apology of sorts. On some uh, level, I feel like example. this is the game we were supposed to get, and it was abandoned yeah. when Nintendo said, "Hey, we have to pull the plug on all of this Wii U stuff." Yeah, that yeah. also just felt like an example of like, "Hey, we haven't seen a Mario Tennis game in a while. Let's put it on this console." You know, I mean, they had this one console on 3DS one. like two years prior to that, so it hadn't yeah. necessarily been that long. 
man, that game's a wreck. <laughs> so I'm excited to, to have a good Mario Tennis. Um, it's a racket. We haven't had a good one, I would say, since Mario Power Tennis on the GameCube. So it's been a while. Um, so uh, with that, um, quick mention that Nintendo 64 got a trademark by Nintendo this week. Um, Nintendo has been kind of on a trademark rampage as of recently. Um, so this could um, this could honestly mean nothing, um, but some are taking it that N64 Classic is on the way. Um, I mean, if they're I go ahead. I was gonna say that like it's still something that if we want to see an N64 Classic at any point, they have to you know renew that trademark. Right. Yeah. And so it doesn't necessarily mean like that's gonna be the classic console we get this year that we're going to get one, but it is a necessary step so, towards that happening. I think Nintendo's doing this on purpose because I think most people know that it doesn't necessarily mean anything. These trademarks don't mean anything. It's just regular stuff. It's just things that they do. You this know? is business. Right. Uh, but I wonder if they like when it was originally going to expire and when they're just like, okay, we're going to renew this because I think they waited until this time to start renewing all these things. Right. Because regardless of whether they mean anything or not, people see this and they go nuts. They report on it, and then yeah. all of a sudden, something's buzzing about something else. So all of a sudden, oh, no, they trademarked the N64. That means the N64 Classic is on the way. That's why they well, trademarked Well, I mean, real it. quickly, last year about this time, didn't they actually do the same thing for the SNES? I think so. But it's just interesting how like all their like terms in there, like mm -hmm. specifically SNES classic and, gotcha. and other stuff. I, I don't know. say like it's just interesting timing in that regard. Like they're just kind of planning and like I think it's as those trademarks were like, as they as the trademarks were coming up like to be renewed, like, hey, let's let's do something with this. I, you know? I I have a theory that a lot of these trademarks might be coming out now in preparation for Smash Brothers coming out later this year, where a lot of those that, trademarks that are probably also going might to be need really to be true, there. right? Um, just, just get them all fresh, right? Yeah, uh, it could mean more. You never know. Like uh, a lot of times, we'll see a trademark come out, and then maybe a little while later, a game gets announced. Well, that's, yeah. maybe that trademark didn't really have anything to do with that game happening anyway. Maybe it was just time. Right. Um, I mean, I do think eventually we will see an N64 classic. So I don't I. think this is, like, the precursor to that. I was reminded today that apparently, like, last year they, um, they had, like, a, what is it, a patent for, like, the N64 controller. And the speculation on that was that maybe it was a way to manufacture it a little bit cheaper for an eventual, like, N64 mini. Sure. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, they just totally redesigned the controller. <laughs> My advice would be just not to read into it too deep. There's a good chance yeah. N64 Classic will happen. Um, whether or not that's soon, uh, we're not sure. And If it uh, happens, great. I'll add to my collection. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be heartbroken. And it starts the conversation. For sure. So uh, I want to make a quick note about what I just posted in the chat. Uh, Nintendo Snow Plays already says that he'll be involved. We are live streaming a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe tournament with fans tomorrow night. Um, uh, I posted a tweet in the chat which has the code and all of the tournament information that you need in order to join. Um, please join. We're going to live stream it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and maybe we'll turn this into a regular thing. If Smash Brothers brings its tournament mode from Smash 4 back, we'll please. even do some of those. So definitely get involved. Um, we're excited to play with you guys, and uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. 
I like how optimistic you are that Smash Brothers is coming to the Nintendo Switch. I know, I'm crazy, right? There's no way that'll happen. <laughs> no um, way. I, I want to take a quick minute to talk about Nintendo Labo's sales. Um, the NPD data just came out for this. Um, let's see. Adventure Beat, they said that Labo met its sales predictions, so it has solid month sales. Not fantastic, not terrible. So it's just kind of hitting the bar. Um, it's what they expected. Yeah, so... That's you know, not great, but that's also for. not bad, so it yeah. is what it is. Um, I have a feeling like we'll see Labo get a couple more kits going into the Christmas season, and maybe we'll see a bigger push for it then. We're still kind of in the early stages of that, so... It what... kind of reminds me a bit of, like, Amiibos, in that, like, it they started making all these Amiibos, and there wasn't really a whole lot you could do with them, except in this particular case, like, you have... Um, was it or Labo Garage or whatever? Toy-Con Garage. You have very little software, so you, like most people got it. They played around with it. They enjoyed themselves, and then they put the cardboard in a corner and just kind of forgot about it. That and seems so to be what's happening. And so they do something with it that like kind of works in with a game. I think people will probably get more use out of it. They'll probably see slightly better sales number. They'll slowly see that improve. There's a lot of speculation that Yoshi's new game will have Labo integration just because so much of it's based around cardboard. Um, I could totally see that happening. Um, <laughs> do I think it's going to happen? Actually, nope. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen at all. Um, no. Nope. But maybe it will. Who knows? I could just be wrong. I think you might see like a Yoshi-themed Labo kit at some point. I think that's more I likely. I could see some Nintendo-themed Labo kits, uh, Wait. but I don't think you're going to see Labo integration. But you guys don't think they're going to integrate the Labo robot kit with Yoshi can control Yoshi as a giant <laughs> robot? <laughs> we have to use Labo for like the most completely inappropriate like uses. I'll wear the robot kit while I'm playing Mario Tennis using using motion controls. Yo, it would be lie. pretty funny to be able to like design the controller that way so you could just like use it as a controller for games just because like why not you know um i feel like tennis with the the robot kit would actually be kind of fun how much value would that add though like it'd be it'd be such a it'd be kind of stupid but at the same time just the fact that you could do it would be the draw, right? I have a feeling like Nintendo is just waiting for an application in a main game that actually like adds value to the control scheme. Like they're yeah. not just gonna tackle well, it. Like on maybe something. like a, a certain mode or something yeah. like that in the game. I, I just throw it in there. Hey, if you have the Labo kit, you can do this. I do have a feeling though that Nintendo is going to keep Labo as far away as possible from their main launches, like their their main games. Um, That's right. probably a good thing. Maybe all of their I, games actually. <laughs> I mean, eventually, yeah, if, they, if they find, like, the uh, the motorcycle, if they wanted to make it so you can use that as, like, a controller scheme for Mario Kart, okay. Yeah, Doesn't sure, hurt anything. Um, if it's... I can see them doing it, like, more as, like, a side thing to give a little more value to Labo, but not as, like, a direct, like, you need this Labo kit to play this game. Uh, Nintendo No Play says that Labo is the kind of thing I'd love but wouldn't want to get unless it was a Christmas or birthday gift. I'm kind of with you there. Labo's not something I'm particularly super invested in, but also I'm not the target audience. Um, this is definitely, definitely aimed at children and families. Um, yeah, there's a reason they didn't reveal this in, like, a Nintendo a direct. Direct. They were very they careful were like, with how it's they did its that. own thing. 
I would say that might be like one of the most carefully crafted marketing like schemes they've ever pulled. Yeah, their yeah. messaging was kind of on point for this it, one. Very clear. And that's why well, that's why the reception was positive. Yeah. Um, so exactly that's Labo. Hopefully we see that get some more momentum going forward. It's nice. It's always nice when Nintendo has these secondary um, secondary profits, secondary ways to make money. That's what they're yeah. doing with mobile. And so far it looks like the money they've been making from mobile has really been helping out um, on the first-party content side. So bless you. Diversify. Yes. I mean, we're getting movies. We're getting anime. A lot of cool stuff is happening. Um, oh, yeah. So one of the main reasons a couple of you guys are in the chat right now um, is to talk about that news that Resident Evil 7 got a cloud version in Japan. Uh, right now it's exclusive to Japan. Um, and two for I, two in Japan. The, the reaction to this has been overwhelmingly negative. <laughs> I, I'm not that upset about this. I'm going to be yeah. completely honest. Like. For one, it's not. It didn't even release in the West, so like it doesn't matter as much, despite the region free. Um, and I know a lot of people here in the states have been trying it, and the servers just aren't pulling through because you know yeah. we're it's not in, in Japan. Japan. Um, I, I I've seen so many people wondering why they just didn't port the game. Um, I'm going to guess that porting the game would have taken too many resources from them right now. If they wanted the game out there, this was the easiest way to do that. Also, they can make it look better if it's just streaming, you know, because it's not running on the Switch hardware. It can run on hardware that it's going to make it look really pretty, and Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about if the Switch is going to be able to run it well enough or not, you know? Uh, Dream Drop Sora actually brings up probably the biggest point of contention for people, and that's the fact that you will not be able to play this on the go, necessarily, without, you know, internet connection. Um, Right. That's, that's like, the one area I'll give it to you. Um, But I think it depends on the experience. It really just depends. Um, If it's a game that's really meant for, like, the traditional hardware home consoles experience where you sit on your couch and you play it from home. Um, like a lot of these games, I'm going to guess are games that are on traditional home consoles too. And so the experience is expected to be that of you're at home. You're not taking it with you, which I mean, it does kind of kill the switch being a portable console, you know, that whole thing. But if it's the difference between just not getting it at all or only being able to play it at home, you know, I'd still rather have the option to play it, but only at home. Yeah. Um, another thing is that you get, I think for $20, you get six months of access to the game. Uh, right off that the I bat, have problems with. I don't at all. <laughs> for for 20 bucks, I'm going to play this game once, finish it, and probably never touch it again. So, like, <laughs> if I don't have access to it later on, I don't really care that much. Right. Um, that being said, say, I also have a PC and a PS4 that I could get the game on if I really wanted to own it. Right, and there's there's the real kicker, right? Because a lot of people are going to have a PS4 or PC to play this on, right? Not everybody. So if you just have a Switch, hey, it's an option, you know? You have this option. Also, it's in Japan, okay? So, like, you don't even get, like, a chance unless they release it in the West. So just mm-hmm. go play it on your PS4 or PC anyway, you know, but if you're in Japan and you got a switch and you got good internet or you go to like an internet cafe or something like that, you know. And that's like, a bigger thing in Japan. So like this, right, this is right. easier targeted at Japanese people because they have more public access. Right. 
and, and I mean that that in and of itself might be reason that hey sure I'll take a cloud version you know I do want to um, quickly point out Nintendo snow uh, Nintendo plays he says if you want pretty graphics don't play the switch the only reason you got or you get wolf 2 la noir or doom on switch is for portability take that away and what are you even left with um no you know that's a good point you know the huge selling point for this console is the fact that you can take it on the go um that being said i don't think that has to be the cornerstone of every decision made for a game that comes to it um yeah like paul mentioned earlier some games are better suited for portability others are not um you could argue that all day but in the end this is kind of what we're left with yeah, and and ultimately, I don't think we're gonna to get the cloud version in the West. I, don't I just think don't think it's gonna all. happen. Yeah, no. Nope. Uh, I say if we get Resident Evil Seven, it'll be at a later date uh, as a downgraded port, just like all these other games. Like they could do it, you know, they've done it with other games. Um, but I don't think we're gonna get the cloud version. I think if we're gonna get Resident Evil Seven on the Switch, it's gonna be uh, you know a sixty dollar title. <laughs> <laughs> down the road um, as sad as that sounds like it's gonna be a full price title with all the dlc just released you know on the switch so, i yeah. don't necessarily want to see this become a trend but only because of like actual ownership of games i don't uh, necessarily like it being more of like a subscription type deal it's okay but it's something that like i buy this game and i want to just have it you know, yeah. I want to be able to come back and play it at any time. I mean, that's like why I, I buy physical I, games, you yeah. know. If I started playing this, I decide, like, I get distracted by other things. You know, Smash Brothers comes out, I stop playing it, my subscription lapses. It doesn't actually even save your save data on the console, and you just lose it. You create right. a new account, you lost all your progress. And so I feel like there's still things to work out here. It's okay, <laughs> It's not like the ideal experience that I want for a lot of games. If it makes certain games possible on the hardware and I'm in a position where um, maybe I don't want a home console or like I'm a family man, we only have a Switch and this is the only way I can experience this. Right. It's okay to give the option. You don't have to necessarily act. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, for example, there's a ton of really inconsequential like anime on verve and i don't feel the need to go out and put that in my collection but it's nice having the option while i'm streaming you know it's like oh it's here i might as well watch it Uh, so the same thing comes with streaming that's why streaming services make more sense than just here is a singular title that you can stream um but i think as the internet becomes more ubiquitous you know that it's it's everywhere then these kind of like oh oh no i don't have netflix i don't have who no you're going to have access to the internet you know mm-hmm. and and that'll be okay but for now it's still like well until i can just sit around in my car and have internet access in my car and my car drives me like i don't think a singular title that you can stream is gonna, you know, take off as like the way to go about it. And that's yeah. not to say that with a future iteration of the Switch that we don't get LTE and you know on board. Right, right, yeah, and I could see them saying like, "Hey, you spend ten bucks more a month, you get this much data on the go," you know, 
Mm-hmm. And here's how much that's good for. Like, if you play like this, you're going to want this plan. If you play like this, you're going to want this plan. If you play like this, don't even bother because you'll be spending too much money. <laughs> I mean, you know what they say? The future is now. Right. <laughs> so I think we can all agree that we don't necessarily like this, but I don't think it's a cause for worry as of right now. I don't I don't dislike it. I don't yeah. dislike it. I'm really just indifferent. I'm just like, hey, it's an option that's fantastic. I think the fact that it's available to those who play on Switch only, I think that's really compelling, especially if you have access to very good internet. Yeah, I should clarify, I don't I don't hate this either. Um, but I mean, as a consumer, it, it doesn't necessarily affect me because it's I, I'm not I don't live in Japan. Yeah, right. here. we're not their market. Um, this was only announced for Japan, by the way. So for all we know, and for what I expect, this is never coming here, um, at least not in this state. So no. that's kind of what we think on Resident Evil 7 cloud version. Um, hopefully, if it does come to the West, Resident maybe we'll get a digital version. download or a cartridge edition, and maybe they will bring the cloud version over. Who knows? Um, I want to quickly point out, Nintendo no Play says, it may sound good because you have options, but that means developers have more options to port games, and this is the cheaper and easier one. Imagine what road that could go down. Well, it's really going to what's going to bring them more cash in the end, right? Mm-hmm. So is it is it cost effective just to put a cloud version up and run a bunch of hardware of their own? You know, they do have to spend money. But, on that. Right. And so, like, at the same time, like, I don't think a lot of people, unless you're a really, really, really big studio and it makes sense that, oh, this many people are going to be using it as a service as opposed to just buying like a $60 game up front. You have to, you have to weigh that against it. And because, yeah. you know, I, I will play these games at home. I will not be, be playing these games on the go. I'll get this on PS4 and PC, you know, like yeah. I'm not, I'm not butthurt, you know, over any of this. It's I mean, Brandon, you said like, the general react or response to this whole thing has just been like relatively negative, right? Mm-hmm. I think that would stop them if they're actually listening. If developers are listening, I think that would alone would stop them from doing that or like using that unless it's necessary. If, if they know that people are generally hesitant about it, and it could potentially lead them to like other consoles anyway, you know, either just don't make or like don't port this or port it right it in a way that will appeal to people right and they gotta yeah. be careful how they approach this going forward because this will not be available forever yeah one of these one day this particular service for this one game is going to get shut down and you'll never have access to it again yeah they have to take that into consideration as well i mean if they also want to move them like switch copies you know the selling points portability and as we already established this makes the game not portable and all of Capcom's so games selling it twice. All of Capcom's port, ports up till now have been real ports. So I, this right. is just one in the bunch. So yeah. I wouldn't I, be And I think yet. this also might be like testing the waters, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I, mean, I haven't This isn't even the them. only cloud game available. Like in Japan there's also um <laughs> Fantasy Star Online it. too, <laughs> which is a cloud version of that game. Um just, that's just the way it is. Sorry to bring up bad things for you, Paul. Give me a second. I'll be back in a second. Had to remind you, buddy. 
<laughs> I hadn't freaked out about it yet today, so now's the time. He needed to get it out. He was like, something's wrong today. There's something in my gut that I just, I, I don't know what it is. And he just, I haven't been upset about Fantasy Star yet. Just now, he finally figured out what it was. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I wouldn't be worried yet. We'll definitely see where this goes. I don't think this will be the last time we see a cloud version, but I don't think that's going to be the only way we see these games. Um, I think there will be multiple purchasing options. That's the hope, at least. Uh, Dream Drop Sora's uh, comment there is pretty great. <laughs> um, uh, let's quickly, we'll move on. Uh, Me Studio is officially available on browsers, so you can hook up your Nintendo account and make that's your Miis like online. That's literally all you need to know. It's just you can build Miis in your browser. There's, that's... That's all there is. Pretty much. <laughs> I wonder. I do have one question. It took is, a long time I wonder to get how to this, this will. I wonder how this will play into the online services, if at all, in the future. Just in terms of like just having different ways of having access to it. Or what if this is included in the Nintendo Switch Online app, the new version, the the full version? You know, uh, later I'm sure down it the will line, be, probably. I know? mean. Uh, you can already buy eShop games online. Yeah. That was a pretty big yep. step, if you ask me, at least in you know, Nintendo it. terms. I've done it several times. I bought Rocket League just through my browser, and then it downloaded on my Switch. And Unholy Heights. That was another one. While we um, were podcasting. It's a I, I, game, never, I never use that feature to buy games while I'm at work. What? <laughs> Who? Where do you get off? I okay. haven't downloaded entire PS4 <laughs> games while I was at work before. <laughs> Oh man, I tried. Okay, so yesterday I was like, "Oh man, like Detroit's available for preload," and I went online. I didn't even have an app or anything. I went on PlayStation and and looked up the information. And I found the downloads, and I could just download stuff to my PS4. The problem was you can't like manage all of that stuff from like your phone, so. I actually couldn't fit Detroit on there because I had too much stuff on there. Oh. So, um, but that's okay. I didn't get to play it until today anyway. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, that's pretty much all we got for news this week. There wasn't a lot of big stuff. Um, kind of a smaller week, and uh, that's probably because we got E3 coming up in like two weeks. Everybody, it's like the quiet before the Where's storm. Where's my Pokemon announcement? I'm, uh, I'm going to bring it up once again. During the week of E3, we'll be streaming every press conference except EA. Um, we'll be there pretty much live probably all Tuesday. There might be like a couple hours where we're not there during the treehouse, but for the most part, we're going to be there pretty much the whole time. <laughs> so you can expect reactions, commentary. Um, we're we're going to be covering it all for you. So definitely check that out. It's going to be a good time. No, Dream Job Sora says Detroit. Eh. <laughs> it does seem like reception to that's been better than their previous games. It has. And I'll talk about it more when I get like into the game. It's a good thing because I, I would like to talk about it. Switching into the breakdown portion of the podcast. Right. I'll talk about it a little bit here. Um, but this is the part of the show where we talk about our favorite movies. Well, not our favorite, but the movies, TV, <laughs> anime, and video games that we experienced over the week. Um, just a quick precursor. I started playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I'm excited to talk about that. Um, <laughs> it's so a good did Paul. game. And yeah, uh, did. Logan's playing Detroit. Um, it's kind of yeah, you guys off. got your new game. I got mine. Yeah, we all played new games this week. This doesn't happen all the time. Go team. Um, 
So for movies and TV, I actually didn't watch anything, so I have to bump it over to Logan. Oh, um. Oh. <laughs> so I was telling I was telling Paul earlier. Show okay, us what you got, man. We are in the eighth season of Bob's Burgers, which seems insane. Okay, I think Bob's Burgers is like a modern classic. See an intense, right? Name. Um, it's, it's so good. It's so funny. It's held up and still holds up, uh, for, you know, eight seasons later. And I, they just had like their 20th episode of the eighth season, which I'm not sure if that's their, like, I think that might be the season finale. I think they're really getting ready to finish up the season. Um, but it was the best episode possibly that i've ever seen like in my opinion i was like oh my gosh i think that's my favorite episode uh it was just it was a bundle of joy um i don't even want to like talk about it because it's it's better if you just watch it so if you watch bob's burgers even even if you don't watch bob's burgers if you have hulu or something like that go and watch the latest episode of bob's burgers because it's just a treat it's so good personal recommendation i don't care if you don't watch it just watch that episode <laughs> that's all, all i gotta say about that all right paul what you got okay so i had a couple of movie recommendations that i sat down to uh watch this week uh first up is drop dead fred and that's a weird weird movie that is very poorly reviewed and i, I watched it anyway because i personally believe that enjoyment is a frame of mind and if you go into it with the or opinion that you will enjoy it, usually you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, there were still, like, a lot of flaws with this movie. It's a very, like, immature film. A lot of, like, the uh, events and, like, dialogue is, like... Did I feel like the director had, like, his five-year-old son, like, co-direct it with him. <laughs> what kind of film is this? So, I mean, to just give you the premise, and I hopefully I think this will, like, enlighten you. Um, there's this girl. She has this imaginary friend named Drop Dead Fred. She grows up, and you can tell she's been, like, emotionally abused by her mom. She's in a, a not necessarily, like, um, physically abusive relationship. She's in a bad relationship. Her husband's, like, clearly cheating on her, and she's still trying to get this man back. And uh-huh. so just, like, at the very, like rock bottom her car's been stolen her purse has been stolen um she had to move back home with her mom on that day her imaginary friend comes back and he's just like this really like i think bumbling guy that like just keeps getting he keeps making things worse Uh uh-huh and there's a lot of like merit to that like plot I, i feel like there's a lot of really good things that they were doing with this movie you know that whole like going back to your childhood and kind of like reconnecting with your youth and learning to stand up for yourself and those kind of messages are good the execution needed work (laughs) i wish it would have the reviews online like a lot of (laughs) i mean they they were pretty darn accurate i gotta say like having like read a few of them before went into i just wanted to know what to expect uh-huh. Um, and that's really the most important thing. It's why we enjoy Room, right? Yeah. Uh, just movies that, like, it's okay <laughs> if it's bad. You can still enjoy it, though. 
It's like they were trying to make a movie for adults, and then they were also trying to make a movie for kids simultaneously. So, like, they were trying to make an R-rated film and a G-rated film, and it ended up just being this really, like, inconsistent hybrid. Yeah, Disney's that's how I felt that. during Sausage Party. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I can ever enjoy Sausage Party again. Like, I tried watching it a second time, and I think I even tried watching it a third time, and it just it got worse every time I watched it. Yeah, it... <sighs> It doesn't try to be anything other than crass, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of its focal point. And I guess that it succeeds in that, but that, I don't like things just because they're crass. This um, is kind of a good segue into my next movie. I do, I do want to stop here with just like, it's a fine experience just once. Right. I feel like that's the uh, that's the amount that you need to see it, and then after that, like revisiting it, it's gonna lose the impact of that first view. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna use that to kind of roll into I re I sat down to rewatch Deadpool. I also went and saw mm. Deadpool too, um, but I had this like eternal struggle after I got done with it. Which one did I like more? Um, Brandon, you said last week that you like Deadpool two more. Yeah. And I've had a second um, viewing of Deadpool before where I didn't enjoy it as much the first time. That could just be a thing with me and comedies. I don't know. I, I, I had to, like, go back and rewatch it because I felt like I had those, like, rose-tinted goggles for that movie. Um, that movie, like, was really impactful the first time you see it. I remember, like, laughing to the point of tears in the theater when he, like, breaks both of his hands on Colossus and then his leg. Like that just killed me. Well, I think I think one of the reasons Deadpool resonated so well is because it was it was Deadpool. It's what you expected. It's what everybody it was, got. It was you know? also kind of like an impossible thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, the fact that it's like, okay, here's test footage and the test footage gets leaked, and then that's what greenlights the movie is because the test footage leaked, you know? Leaked. Just, yeah, and look how well it did, you know, it did commercially as well. And then all of a sudden, you know, we always knew there was a demand for this film because we're humans. <laughs> Who wouldn't want a Deadpool film, right? But then the execs up here, you know, uh, Fox and everybody, it's like, oh, no, nobody would want that film. It's not marketable. And then it was, uh, like, but, the best, like, but that's just not rated the case. film of all time, right? Right. Um, and so, like... It was something that I feel like it was filling a void that wasn't being filled. Yeah. Right? Here's that high quality, R rated, really just beautiful, beautiful conglomeration of like, I don't know. Just. <laughs> well, here's the thing with Deadpool looking back at it that like. Attitude. It wasn't until I went back to watch it that I realized just how dry of a movie that is. Like, it uh -huh. had like a. If they had like a superhero movie that was just indie, like it'd be Deadpool, because like the yeah. intro just like <laughs> it's very like quiet, and there's not right. a whole lot happening. There's these really hilarious moments kind of scattered throughout. Um, it, it, I feel like it, it. They did so well with the, such a small budget, and so like I'll yeah. always have to, like massive respect for that movie, and I still absolutely love it. Also. But, Oh but yeah, they I should make it clear. I don't dislike the first movie. I right, just don't right. think it's something I can watch again. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think um, I, I had to give it to Deadpool two as well. I will probably be seeing Deadpool two this week, probably in the next few days, because um, 
You I got, got my movie pass. I got my movie pass. I won't look at you go. Just does it have here. courtesy of Bab on it? Uh, no, that's I what I'll pay. sign it with. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like. I also like the fact that like Deadpool exists and it relates to people differently merely mm. because he breaks the fourth wall. And so he exists within the film, but then he also exists like in our reality too. Right. He, he and sees talks, us so yeah. and he, yeah, he talks to you directly. Right. So it's Deadpool's right there. And, and that's just like, you know, we don't have a, there's not a lot of really funny superheroes that are just like, Oh, like, He's here too. Um, yeah. So there's just so many things that work about it. I, I, they yeah. use that to no end with the marketing, you know, and the, with the recent marketing and all the DVD cover. Blue oh, cover. I love that so much. I was like talking about for weeks leading up to Deadpool 2 how they were just doing nothing with the marketing and like they did, waited till the movie came out really to push it. Yeah. Honestly, I think their best like joke in the movie is like, responsible because of marketing and the way they market it like what impressions they're giving you really feeds into like really feeds into that movie yeah you'll uh, understand that <laughs> i want to hit up some of the comments really quick dream drop source says sausage party has that weird seth rogan and james franco thing where it's provocative for the sake of being provocative and the jokes are awkward and awkwardly long uh like the new <laughs> muppets movie um, I do think the happy happy time murders might be a little more um, fulfilling than the Seth Rogen movies. I really don't like Seth Rogen I, movies. Personally. I have I have really mixed feelings about the happy t- happy time murders. It's the happy time murders. Happy time murders. I saw the trailer for that, and I I'm still kind of the the jury's out, right? I I don't I don't know how I'm feeling about it. I'll probably go see it, especially now that I have movie pass, right? It's just there's mm-hmm. no excuse. The, the the interest for me comes from the fact that they actually look like they're going to play with the fact that the characters are Muppets and yeah. you know deliver jokes based on that concept, right? Um, so so it's not. I I hope that it, it takes that a few steps further. Um, this movie's yeah. been in in kind of like development heck for a long time so to see that it's finally coming was exciting for me um i hope that it is good but if it's if Mm. it's not i'll tell you um yeah yeah we do keep it family friendly here so we probably won't go too deep into that movie when it does come out Um, (laughs) that's for a different podcast yes yeah uh just uh kind of bring it back together and uh wrap up my movies and tv um so the thing i i I have to say about deadpool and deadpool 2 like the last thing is just that like it's a testament to how great both those movies are when you're not sure whether or not you like the first or the second one better like it was just a dead stalemate for me until i had to sit i had to sit down and re-watch the first one so i could make a decision um but moving on I'm still watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. I'm still really enjoying it. It hasn't peaked yet, <laughs> and so uh, if you haven't started that, if you're looking for you know just a really fun, lighthearted show, well, I guess lighthearted might not always be the best word for it, but <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine, it's funny. <laughs> um, but my last movie was uh, Requiem for a Dream. It stars Jared Leto, and it's a it plays with like it's very like rough view into like addiction you have like the main character uh, i forget his name but played by jared leto and they're trying to fulfill these dreams by getting and selling drugs 
they're also using getting themselves addicted to these drugs and it just kind of it jumps around between like these three or four characters um there's the three that are trying to you know reach their dreams by selling drugs but then it also takes a look at his mom who becomes addicted to drugs to try and lose weight because she's going to be on tv and you know tv has been the only reason why this woman has been living and it's just like it's a very sad, dark film, but it's also like very raw and honest. And so I, I really appreciated it. Yeah, I but man, I need to hug afterward. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Requiem for a Dream, and I think at one point I tried watching it. Uh, but again, that's one of those films that like you really need to be in the right mood uh, to, yeah. to get through it and really digest it. It's edited in a very like weird way. Some scenes like. I know what they were doing and I know why they were doing it. it was still kind of like jarring because you don't see techniques used like that very often. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was, that was my movies for the week. <laughs> um, so with that, we'll move into anime. Um, anime. Uh, I guess I'll mention first, uh, I caught back up on Shokugeki no Soma. And, uh, oh, good stuff is going on now. I've been enjoying this half of the season. Um, I didn't think it was like quite hitting the highs of like Shokugeki as I know it, but well, now we're back there. Like it just went boom. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Zero to one hundred. Like this last episode, the most recent one, just like yeah, this is the kind of stuff I expect from uh, Shokugeki, where um, Yukihira just comes in and does something spectacular that you know, maybe you weren't expecting, and um, it empowers you, much in the way a lot of shonen anime does. Um, anime. Uh, a quick note, Nintendo, know that code um, should take you to the tournament page, but the tournament isn't live yet. Um, let me know if that's not working. I'll try to fix it, but it should should be up. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of Shokugeki's season. It is moving at a breakneck pace. Like, they're flying through this stuff, um, which oh, is yeah. nice because, you know, we we only get an episode once a week and, then, you know, we get 13 a year. So, yeah, very happy with Long that. Long breaks. Um, apparently some good stuff's going on in the manga, but I don't read the manga, so can't comment on that. But I saw Roger posted a video and I was like, don't you, don't you do me a spoil, Roger. Um, I guess <laughs> I should mention that right now. We'll be having a dedicated episode of the breakdown podcast to shokugeki no soma in july with roger we'll be talking about season three so if you like roger and you like us and you like shokugeki come back for that we'll have some fun um what did you think of that last episode paul oh i watched it like right before we started and so like my hype was just way up to here and so i was just ready to go for the show too but like that's a lot of really exciting stuff going on and like it's going in this a cool particular direction. like half season, I wasn't sure quite what they were gonna do with it or where they were going. And like you were saying earlier, like it's kind of been really sort of slow in how they've been developing what's going on, and then all of a sudden, like, boom, they just <laughs> right in your face with it. And I'm just, oh, I was so upset that the episode ended. I just wanted to keep going for like two and a half hours. <laughs> uh, Michaela, while we were watching that episode just like when a particular thing happened and you know what happened paul um she mm. just she was just like shouting threw her fists up in the air like she was super into it um <laughs> kind of busted an eardrum in the process but that just shows you how <laughs> exciting the show is logan please give it a, give this show a watch 
Yeah, I was gonna July. say, it's like you do have to July. Shonen, like really big and right now. I see a lot of food coming out of Japan in that kind of variety. I mean, we get Shokugeki, but then we also have like Sushi Strikers, right? Maybe, maybe it is, but for maybe since, that's maybe just they've the always thing. just been pulling people how many, we haven't how noticed. Huge and we'll have in the next few years. But for what it's worth, this anime is the the food anime or the cooking. Yeah. Food anime. Okay, yeah, this I'll is have to the, give it, this I'll is the one. Yeah, you know, I was almost thinking I just shouldn't watch it and then wait for the discussion and just be that guy who's just asking constant questions. Like, <laughs> I am the audience. Like, I don't get this. Can you explain this to me? What you need to do is accidentally watch the wrong shonen. <laughs> just I'm completely, like, off just base. Start, like, oh, and two of the characters have, like, the same name or something like that. I accidentally watched Shingeki no Kyojin instead of Shokugeki no Soma. <laughs> what was that? What was... Um, there was like a Saturday morning like cartoon where they would like make food and the f food would fight. Is, is that a real thing? Fight? I don't remember that. Yeah, I was. <sighs> it was. It might be like. <sighs> I wish I could remember what it was. You should go watch, look it up, and watch that. It was like a think of like Fox Saturday morning cartoon. You're not talking <laughs> about. Um... Was it a wrestling show? I actually I think it was. I do remember what you're talking about. I um, figured you would because I I vaguely remember on? you. Is yes, that... that's the one. Logan, go watch that. Fighting food. That came to me like all at once. It came back. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of like food on okay. frenzy or something like that. Food on fighting right? food on. Fighting food on. How, How did we get to on? this point? <laughs> We're talking Shokeki no Soma. At first, I was thinking of Ultimate the Muscle. Same thing. <laughs> Logan, watch that one, and then we can you can talk about that when we talk about Shokeki no Yo, this looks <laughs> zany. It's kind of like kids. Food Wars. It's food fighting. Four kids? Was it an anime or an American show? I think it was an anime. It was done by four kids. Oh, yeah, this is an anime. Oh, it's fighting Foodons. Fighting food ons, yeah. It was dubbed by four kids. The only re <laughs> only reason I remembered it is because they would say "fighting food on" like when they started battling, mm -hmm. and that typical four kids anime style. Uh huh. <laughs> Let it rip, Beyblade. <laughs> um, good lord, I forgot this existed. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me down this weird like acid trip memory. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> So on, on top of Shokugeki no Soma, uh, of course, watch My Hero Academia. Um, I'm incredibly excited for tomorrow's episode, but I will Whoa. say we are currently headed down a Naruto path that I would like to kind of maybe veer off in another direction. I've, I think if that was where they were going, it would have been like the last episode would have ended with more finality to it. Yeah. Uh, they I'm presented like another like path. I, yeah, I, I'm seeing this going a different way, so I'm not as concerned as I was. Um, yeah. But I definitely was before. <laughs> when they go, like, if they go full Sasuke or with it, then I'll be upset. Yeah, if, that, 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 if that's makes what it becomes, worse. I'll be angry. That makes it so much worse <laughs> if they do it like that. We already have Naruto. Naruto did it well. Maybe you could say well. <laughs> if you want to, like, <laughs> if you want to... Um, if you want to reference that, 
or pay like homage if to that. If it's an homage, that's yeah, cool. That's fine. If you just like fully like copy the story arcs though. If it's Toyotaro, I'm very strongly not okay with that. Captain America for his Goku pictures, then we got a problem. <laughs> Also, how awful is that? That Toyotaro in his manga panels is tracing other people's artwork. We're missing the important part to this. That's awful. Like, Goku was so mainstream, he was in Infinity War. <laughs> Goku was in Infinity War. I, I, like, I, how great is that? I gotta throw it back to that tweet that I sent you guys where it was like a next time on Dragon Ball Super and it was the plot to Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> They it's took so that meme. Bad. They made that into a meme and just ran with it. I love it. Um, it's so bad that like that whole event is happening, but it gives us so much potential for memes that it's just it's gold. I, I just like I've heard that Toriyotaro has been accused of this in the past. I hope it's like not as bad as it looks right now because right now it looks really bad. Uh, if it was like just the one like if it, accusation, yeah. it would have been a completely different story. The fact there's other accusations kind of makes him seem like he's plagiarizing hardcore versus like paying homage to these other sort or these other comics. I would rather Toriyama keep drawing the manga at that point, and he hates drawing manga. <laughs> um, so back to My Hero Academia. Uh, it was a really solid episode. The performances in this show from the from the dub cast are is incredible. Uh, I see your comments in Intense Snowplays. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Um, it's a yes from me, by the way. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm incredibly excited for tomorrow's episode. This this particular season has just been a high from the beginning. Like they plunged you direct, like right into like the heaviest part of the plot, and they've just been running with it ever since. It's been pretty awesome. Mm. Though I will say, for like the last four or five weeks, we've been in this forest encountering this villain battle. Um, it was getting a little stale just because we've been in the same background for so long. So it'll be nice to kind of get into a new rhythm um, with a new art. I wish that that those episodes would have followed more like how it started, where you have like Midoriya versus just the one villain. And it goes until he wins. Yeah. And just like maybe a few more like really in- solid, really intense. I think, hero I think it's weird because we didn't build to this. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the show's changing, you know, so it's taking a kind of a different pace in different ways. And it's not like you see this, this kind of thing up. lasted very long. I mean, we're already you know we finished it like it's now we're we're doing other things so in the grand scheme of things if you're like watching this if you're like oh i've never watched my hero before and you're binging this show you're gonna get through those episodes really quick and it's not gonna be like hardly anything right yeah i mean i'm not necessarily saying it as a negative i'm just saying like in in a week-to-week situation this kind of reminds me more of uh the very long war arc yeah, exactly. The the war arc from Naruto, which is uh, four years it's, in the exact yeah. same story, is too long. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they ha- like now that it's done, like that was probably like a good length for it. I mean, granted, it's not completely done, but they got out of that setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the important thing is they got out of that setting. Other uh, things are happening. I was just having bad now. flashbacks of four years. <laughs> With battles Naruto in Naruto PTSD. taking place at nighttime with the same exact color temperature, I forgot what Naruto's orange jumpsuit looked like because I hadn't seen it in so long. <laughs> I yeah, feel like Naruto PTSD. I feel like um, 
like my hero won't go on forever like some shows no this definitely like, it feels like it's going to have a finite ending sooner than right other and shows. that's what i'm excited about i mean it could be like maybe seven or eight seasons and i wouldn't mind as long as they know yeah. what they're doing and they're not just dilly dally you know yeah um but uh you know i'll just mention real quick you know i went back and i watched the first two episodes and brandon you know when you were talking to me about this before i'd even started watching it you called it an instant classic right i've seen the first Uh, two episodes three times yeah same and and so like i wasn't so on that page until i rewatched the first two episodes last night you really see Um, how far it's come well, and then you see how well-crafted, with all the context that you're aware of, those two episodes take on so much more meaning. Like, mm-hmm. those are some really, really well-crafted, like, episodes. Like, you couldn't have asked for a better premiere, you yeah. know? Like, those two good. episodes are phenomenal, and, and they really set the stage for the, the nature of the world and what we're, we're in, like, what we're getting into. Right, you know what you're getting into when you get into the show, and it it gives you every feel that the show is ever going to give you in the first two episodes. You know, just in like little pieces. Right, I cried mm-hmm. at, at at a point in each episode. Right, I cried. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Whether it be like um, the moments, like the saddest moments when um deku realizes that oh i'm never gonna have a quirk and i can't be a hero and and then like the second like second episode comes around and all of a sudden he's like running into danger you know and then all of a sudden he's you know you see how that relationship evolves between deku and all might and how okay now deku exists to all might in the first episode and then the second episode, All Might realizes that he's the one that should have one for all. I I specifically will never forget the emotion I felt um, when All Might was standing before Midoriya, and Midoriya was, um, you, you know, on the ground sobbing because All Might, his number one idol in all of all of history was acknowledging him and telling him that he could be a hero too. Um, Yeah, it made me cry the first time I watched it because it is an intense scene. Um, Yeah, first season, like, the first season as a whole isn't the best, but the beginning and the end of it are some, like, the most memorable anime moments I think I've ever come across. Like, I will never forget the end of season one, and I will never forget the beginning of it. I should also take a a, a moment to mention that... uh, a good portion of why this show works so well in those intense scenes um, is because they are drawn really well. Like the the oh, emotions oh and the characters yes. come across. Yes. Oh, in there's spades. the there's the the shot. Okay, of when uh, All Might takes off right from the ground after he like destroys like this liquid, um, you know, villain and bottles him up. And then Midoriya grabs onto his leg, and the animation for his face when they're, like, (laughs) shooting through the air, it's incredible. It's such a good shot. It's so active and fluid and cartoony. It's amazing. It's so good. 
the, the animation is top notch. That's one of the reasons like I'm so excited for the new Dragon Ball Super movie. Because in that teaser, you see like elements of of that very animated look with when characters mm-hmm. move. Because um, there, I think these animators are starting to realize, and uh, maybe it's the production companies. I don't know, but that these softer, good animate, good rounder looks can result in more fluid action focused animation. Well, I mean, also that's what. American companies have been doing with animation since forever. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's taken a while for anime to catch up. Yeah, but you can see that like they're taking inspiration places, and these shows are looking really good. Like Pokemon had a drastic change, like going into the Sun and Moon seasons, um, like a complete like change in art style from from that angular kind of samey anime look to this rounder, more cartoonish look. But it makes the battles just look so much better because they have a lot more freedom. Um, yeah. So definitely something to be acknowledged. Um, that's we can't all the... talk about how good the animation is with that without looking at the link that I posted in the chat. Oh, uh, boy. I wish I could have found it with subtitles, but... Oh, that is by far one of my favorite scenes in entirety <laughs> of history. Oh, my. Oh, my. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, have you seen the Japanese version of that? Ah, uh, it is. No, I've only seen the. I don't the think that scene carried over crap. well in the dub, but they didn't carry it over in yeah. the dub because they knew they couldn't top it, and they were incredibly right in changing the dialogue. <laughs> Holy stinking super crap! <laughs> <laughs> See, I really enjoyed that. I was like. Busted up laughing when that happened. Yeah, you know? it was just as funny in the English version because they made it their own. That's something I really admire right, with Foundation. Right. Um, yeah, super good. Uh, Dream Drop Sora <laughs> has brought up the Thundercats controversy. Um, I, have a, uh, I am of the uh, opinion that that show can be we're whatever not the target it wants audience. to be. I same. Same. Why are you just? Do you just want the old Thundercats? Just go watch the old Thundercats. Well, right? they they did have like that new like animated version that was like kind of mature, and I think is kind of what most people want. The thing with that particular remake, <laughs> yeah. The particular the problem with that particular remake is that it's not like people who are upset are not the target audience, and so that's probably a lot of the problem with it is like, yeah, they're not trying to capture us. We it's something no. that we want them to like. We this want them to chase like us after it with it but... for a new generation. I, it's not... I mean, it, I've been having was... this argument with people about, um, and I'm probably going to set some people on fire, but I like Teen Titans Go a whole lot. That show has an incredible writing team, and they don't get any acknowledgement mm-hmm. because people can't get over the fact that it's not regular Teen Titans. We'll we'll get we'll get Teen Titans. They yeah. talk we'll about it. they make references to it all the time in episodes about how that's what they want to be doing, but there's reasons they can't. Yeah, no, because that show exists, I think we'll eventually finish Teen Titans. They're getting <laughs> yeah. a movie in July. They're, Teen Titans is gonna come back. Like yeah. it's alive I mean, and well I, right now. I get why people are upset, and like I'm still a little bit upset about it, but I know that like that show wasn't target. It wasn't for me. And so I'm. I know that they do great things with it, and it is something that I eventually do want to sit down and watch. But like, I'm not gonna give it a whole lot of crap because it's not for me. That's it's sad I wish it too was. because I a wish lot it of was, the, but... the humor is like based in DC's history, 
where only DC fans would maybe get some of the jokes. Um, like, there's a little bit for everyone there, but people just can't mm. get past the fact that it's not Teen Titans. So I feel like Thundercats is gonna Thundercats Roar is going to have the same unfortunate problem, whether or not it's good. Like that's not the yeah, point. Yeah, right I now. think I if it's if it's good, I think it'll do well. And um, just because like they'll promote it and then kids will watch it and then I don't know, I'll probably try it out. And I didn't even watch. I see, and that's the thing. I committed to like Thundercats because I never watched Thundercats. Yeah, I'm not invested that wasn't, in it either. That wasn't right. So it's the like thing the, cares. the thing I like Obviously, about some this people do, but. direction they're going with it is that if you grew up and you watched the original Thundercats you can sit down and you'll probably have like what you were experiencing with Teen Titans Go where you'll still get a kick out of it. It's not exactly what you wanted from it but it's something you can enjoy with your kid. Yeah, And something yeah, yeah. that they will enjoy and get them. It'll help you share that passion with them. I wouldn't be surprised if the if the writers are going to try their best to throw in bones for original fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's not all gloom and doom. Maybe without this show, you won't get the, you would never get Thundercats again. You, you got to consider that. Like uh, the same thing with Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Go is the bridge to getting what you want, and if you don't walk across it, you will never get will never get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I was very triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's true for a lot of things. And so, yeah, I complain about it. You have the right to, but I, I think there's better things that you could be. It was such a timely, like, event for that to come out because I was just watching, like, I was I li- listened to all of Weird Heat, like, every episode they had. And they had, they were talking about this. I think it might have been more in the context of, like, Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really, like, an eye-opening moment for me where you know, they were talking. No, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, and they were talking about how like the new show doesn't necessarily appeal to them, but it's not supposed to. Right, like the previous and show like, didn't man. appeal to me, though. It sounds like I probably should have watched it because maybe it did appeal to me, and I just didn't realize it. But yeah, like Teen Titan, uh, I excuse me, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a good example of this because that series has had a new iteration, like at least like eight or nine times. This is well, nothing they, new I, for them. That's There's so, so cool. many generations. Yeah, that's you know. so cool. You get you get and they all stand alone. Yeah, they're all like really different. That's what we get with Zelda every time. You know? Well, I mean, that's why like that Splatfest like, was so cool because like so many people have experienced this franchise in different ways, but we all still like you know the four turtles. You know you everybody has like a favorite turtle. From from I saw some trailers. I I've seen the artwork. I think it looks good. I think this, you know, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like show like this, I think it could be really good. And so the same goes for like all these other stuff. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. Like if we didn't get different, we would have never gotten to what you guys liked in the first place. Right. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started out as a parody of like dark DC comics. And uh, then people took it seriously. And now it's its own thing. Um if they hadn't taken that risk, and yes, it was a risk, you wouldn't have gotten the original teen, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which you love. Um, mm-hmm. So why can't kids these days have their own version of it to latch onto? I don't see the, like, the harm. It, it brings it back to like being able to share your passions with your kids. You know, they're going to be watching a different version than you, but you can still enjoy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles together. Once they're done watching that, you know, you can always introduce them to one you grew up with and just. 
and they might know, not like it, different. but we have to live with that. <laughs> you so know, did, when we were growing up, that. we didn't necessarily like the shows our parents liked when they were kids. Right. True. It's a cycle that will never end. Yeah, yeah it's always going to be like, oh, our generation was better. Oh, this or that. And people, and just because it's, again, just because it's different. Is powerful stuff. It's not, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just, it's different. You know, yeah. and if you enjoy it more, cool. If you enjoy it less, that's also cool. Go watch something else. <laughs> like uh, Nintendo Snow Plays is is not apparently not a big fan of Teen Titans Go at all, um, and that's the reaction I'm used to seeing. Um, I disagree almost 150 percent, but uh, it is what it is, and we have to live with it. <laughs> it's not going to change. If you don't enjoy it, you don't have to. Exactly. Um, yeah. So going back to anime. Ooh, that was a long-winded <laughs> tangent. Um, so we, we talked My Hero. We talked Shokugeki you know, so Do anyone have anything else other than me? I think it's into you, Paul. Um, okay. Yeah. Still watching Black Clover. And we finally, I think, started moving into, like, things are actually happening again. I've been, I, think, I feel like I've said that, like, every week. And then it just ends up being more, like, fillerish stuff. Actually, now that I reflect on it, it's probably just a two-episode filler of it. And so I'm disappointed again. But then there's Steins Gate Zero! It's exciting, exciting stuff. They're really... Um, I really, I really like where they're that. going yeah, with I this second season. That. So is this, like a, is this like an I official I specifically continu- look at Steins Gate and I go, Paul wants me to watch that. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> That, that's just to be Logan's official stamp. You can get a T-shirt that says that too. Is this, a, is this um, an actual sequel to Science Gate or? It was like it's a video. Or I think it's the video game is a direct sequel. It's not like a traditional sequel though. It doesn't take place where the first season left off. This is a different timeline. A different continuity. A, yeah, this is. Um, I think they call it like the beta line. So it's. I can't really get into it without like this show's based on a visual novel further. or is it original? Yeah, it's a visual novel. So is this just a different path from the visual novel or is it original? I mean, this was a second game. This there was Steins Gate, the oh, visual okay. novel, Steins Gate Zero, a second visual novel. Um, I don't know, it's really hard to describe. I, I, when you get done with Steins Gate, I think it'll make more sense what this is. When I think you triggered Dream Drop Sora. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been telling these two to watch Steins Gate for the longest time because I, I watched it, and by the time I got done with it, I was just in tears and I was. In you know, when I finish it, so I'm still going to tell you that I haven't it. finished it. I look forward to talking to you about it when you actually like get past that initial push. It'll happen. Don't worry. Um, Eventually, just, I've got a lot actually that I've been playing recently, um, but I'll let you finish your what? anime. That was basically it. Oh, well, speaking oh, of what I've been dying. playing, um, <laughs> uh, kind of on a whim, I don't know. Like, over the weekend, I was just overcome with the most incredible urge to play Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I don't know what happened. It just happened. And then I went to GameStop, and I bought it. And then I may have accidentally <laughs> bought Fire Emblem Warriors as well, but that's that's another topic. That's the one I'm interested in, because like you had been talking about Xenoblade Chronicles two and like i was right there with you on that and then you come home with xenoblade chronicles 2 and fire emblem warriors like what what spawned that i'll get into that um (laughs) so xenoblade chronicles 2 like i said i was just overcome with the urge i don't know talking to roger about it um 
or I I don't even remember if I talked to him about it or if I just listened it, to him talk about it. I, you you told me about like that stream where it was like Xenoblade Chronicles Two: Ocarina of Time, and the fact that people were so split on that made oh, yeah, me yeah, yeah. interested in playing this game. And you know, I had a, a a pretty big interest in it to begin with because I've heard nothing but overwhelming praise for the original Xenoblade Chronicles. And uh, especially mm-hmm. from the, the, the side of the story. And uh, that's kind of what I was excited about. Um, I played Xenoblade Chronicles, and the gameplay didn't really resonate with me, but that's because I didn't really understand it that well. Um, that's something Xenoblade Chronicles 2 does incredibly well. Um, it does not dump the entire like battle Combat system on you right all at there. once. It's drip-feeding yeah. it to you throughout the entire adventure. Um, there's a lot to it i'm currently in the middle of chapter three and i've learned i think three new battle techniques or like three new things i can do in a battle to think about they give you so much time to get used to these new additions to gameplay that it gives you um gives you room to experiment really learn what's valuable what you should be doing before they introduce something new to you this is really Hmm. really well done um, I, I have to praise it for that because JRPGs are often really intimidating for me because there are so many levels to the gameplay that I'm not sure yeah. I can comprehend all at once. Um, so I have nothing but praise for Xenoblade 2 right now with how it um, offers that up. Uh, Logan, I know you've played Xenoblade Chronicles 1. Um, yes, sir. Does it kind of follow that trend too or does it do it differently? Uh, honestly, it's been a, it's been a minute. Um I never had problems getting into the game. I didn't finish the game because it's a big game, uh, yeah. but I have put maybe like 20, 30 hours into it. Um, and I never had an issue trying to learn things. Like, I feel like once they taught you things, it was like, okay, this this seems like it makes sense. Uh, it looks like they maybe made things a little bit more complicated or changed it up in the second one. So, But it's good to hear that, like, they kept it so it's like okay you're not gonna feel like it's foreign or overly complicated like you're gonna have yeah. a good grasp of what's going the, on this is still very much xenoblade chronicles gameplay um i think like the major changes just to the direct gameplay that i can think of off the bat is if i i want to say in xenoblade chronicles like when you initiate a battle you get like trapped in like a battle ring is that right they like tra- they trap you in a confined space to have the battle in yeah. In Xenoblade Chronicles 2, they don't have that. Like, the entire world stays open for you. Oh, actually, no, I think I think it is. They don't, you don't get trapped. Like, you can run away, but they'll still keep attacking you. Okay. And, so like, like, they'll still be aggroed. In Xenoblade you can, 2... you can escape. In, in Xenoblade 2, then it works the same way, because they'll aggro you, but you have the option to run away. Whether or not you yeah. do is completely up in the air. Um, right. Yeah, no, the battle system's kind of seamless. Like, it just kind of, like, you go in and out battle, like, and nothing, like, nothing happened, you know? Um, so, like, the major changes are the fact that rather than, like, on a, like, in uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 1, your your arts were, like, on a scroll wheel uh, that you had to, like, let, uh, you know, scroll with the D-pad, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, but like in Xenoblade 2, you, you can only use three arts. You can only assign three arts at once, and uh, they're assigned to the face buttons. So they're they're just easy to access, which is something that I really had a problem with in the first Xenoblade. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I want to say, like, there was one other thing. Oh, yeah, so, like, when you attack, it still has the auto attack, but you only attack when you're not moving. 
Right. I, I'm fairly certain you could move and attack at the same time in Xenoblade 1. Yeah, I think you. I think you are right. That makes it seem like you, you like risk versus reward kind of thing. Like, because maybe they're attacking something else, and you have to stop and make sure that. Like, I. I guess I haven't really gotten into the the gameplay, but it makes sense. I. I it doesn't seem ha- like you, it you, takes away or anything like that. Moving is now a risk. Um which I think is a nice added element to the gameplay because uh, yeah. like health potions and stuff will get dropped on the field depending on the types of arts you use, and you have to make a concerted effort to walk over to it to pick it up during the fight, which right. could leave you vulnerable. You won't be doing damage. I've um, died several times doing that. <laughs> um, uh, quickly, Nintendo Play says, if you're someone new to open-world RPGs, is Xenoblade 2 a decent enough starting point? Um, I'm about well, I'm like 14 hours deep now. Um, I would say it's more welcoming than a lot of JRPGs are. There is yeah. a lot to the gameplay, but it takes its time explaining that stuff to you. And you don't need to have played the first game to play this. No. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, there are elements from Xenoblade 1 that might come into play in the story, but not to supplement the story, more to throw a bone to people who played the first one. As I understand mm-hmm. it, I don't know yet. Um... So yeah, I, I would say maybe give it a try. There is an option to play it on easy too, so if you'd rather just experience it for the story, um, you could just dial the difficulty down. And it lets you change it at any time. You're not like locked into anything. Mm. Um, I was not sure how I would respond to this game because I was not super into the gameplay in the first one, but I am like so unbelievably on board with this game. I could not believe like it got its it like sunk its teeth into me so quickly. Um, I was shocked. Within like two or three hours, I was hooked. I was like, okay, I love this game. Um, I'm getting there, but I'm still not quite. It's a lot to process. (laughs) Yeah. I do. uh, I got through like the first chapter and I accidentally like skipped a cutscene. And so I decided to go look it up on YouTube. And it amazed me that I had witnessed like an hour's worth of cutscene in one chapter. Like it was just mind-boggling to me that there was like that much like exposition, and I'm a big exposition guy, so like I I love that. There is exposition like, everywhere. <laughs> I I really dig that. Like that's a good selling point to me for this game. So I think regardless of how I feel about like the gameplay, it's still a story that I'm going to stick with and experience. And um, you can also go back. There's a a menu in the game where you can watch any cutscene you've witnessed. Dang it. <laughs> It's in, it's in there. Um, you can even change the weather settings and what time of day it is because they're they're not pre-rendered. Um, the story is one thing I want to touch on. Um, I absolutely adore it so far. Um, basically, like pretty good. The world is really interesting. Um, it's a it's a sea of clouds, and the, the the problem that these characters are facing is that they don't have anywhere to live. Like in Xenoblade One, the the characters lived on like the the Mechonis and the Bionis, like these two yep. warriors that yep. were fighting. Um, now they live on Titans, and the Titans are dying. So they're running out of space to live. Um, so Rex <sighs> lives as a scavenger. Um, he will, like, dive down into the sea and pick up resources that he then sells to the cities um, so that they can, you know, keep their livelihood going. And that's how he and makes so he his money. And so he can send money home to his family. Yes, who I haven't even met sweetheart. yet. <laughs> Um, yeah, honestly, though, like this game, when they showed it off, when 
these times, I was like, is this Skies of Arcadia? And I mean, <laughs> you guys haven't played Skies of Arcadia. No. And I would encourage you to if you have access to it. Because it's a really great game. But yeah, just flying ships around and like just as the air and there's just clouds everywhere and it just it gave me skies of arcadia vibes and so it, it made me want to play that game that much more it's really cool like when you're on a big continent sized titan um because obviously their level designs at monolith soft are really cool just like beautiful yeah. vistas um but you right. you always get this sense that you're on a living thing because if you look in the sky you can see like the arms or the wings of the thing you're on moving up and down and you're like oh yeah i'm on a living organism um, right right so the the world is super cool uh one one criticism i think i have is unfortunately the voice acting um the voice acting i say for the most part is pretty strong um it has moments where it's like what is this performance yeah, like, there's certain, like, really hype moments where a character should definitely be yelling, but the performer didn't do that. So some some of the direction is definitely kind of skewed. I don't think it has anything to do with the performers themselves. Um, I mean, they yeah. had, like, 14 hours worth of cutscenes, so I'm sure that, like... There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, like, certain things were bound to get over. For the most especially part, especially depending on their scheduling, you know. For the most part, I'd say it's pretty strong. Like in the moments where it should be strong, for the most part, it is. Um, mm -hmm. There is the option to go onto the eShop. You can download the Japanese voice track for free, and you can use that instead if that's your cup of tea. Um, personally, I'd just rather have the dub. While you know, that's for me. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, you know, had that British dub, and they did that again with Xenoblade Chronicles too. So what's the reasoning? What's the reasoning? I well, mean, even it's with the mix, now. there it's only some characters have British accents. Okay, it felt okay, more Scottish, but because I could see that, maybe, like, yeah. just like having a wide breadth of different accents, like, that's okay for an English dub, you know. I, I think just the a, I think the accents fits. there are, um, for a continuity sake, because like, uh -huh. so you have drivers, um, who like bind with blades the blades are the swords but they're also people um and for the right. most part blades don't have those accents or those uh like british scottish accents um they have american accents so there's a there's a sense that these people are different and it uh, actually adds a lot of neat diversity to the characters so when you meet right. a new character it's pretty clear right away whether this is a person who lives um in the world or if they're a blade so that's kind of what right. like two like the younger characters have the accents and it seems like the characters that have uh existed for a while like the titans don't. yeah yeah I you can know see there's that. history between certain there are certain people like they go way back yeah and i'm gonna guess that like the accents like an evolution of the world over time mm-hmm uh, Dream Drop Source says, the only downgrade I've seen from the first to the second game is the protagonist. Rex just feels like Shulk, but with most of Shulk's best traits pulled away. Um, I don't have a Shulk to to compare him to quite yet. Um, you have Smash? Backslash! <laughs> I'll, I'll be... That's I'll my be hero. Those two, speaking about Super Smash Bros., if we get Rex and Pyra in place of Shulk, I'll be upset. If we get them They're in addition... They're so different, I would Shulk. not expect that. Yeah, like the so way I they. Hope, I hope we see Shulk in the next one. I'm sure we will. You know? I'd be surprised if we 
didn't get him. It's actually. kind of like, why would you pull Marth out of Super Smash Bros? You know, just because the new Fire Emblem game is out. Um, so, so Roy's my boy. I guess to to sum it up, there's a lot to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's a JRPG. <laughs> um, but if that's if that's your thing, definitely play it because I am absolutely loving it. And there's some new story DLC that's coming out in the fall. And I'm really excited for that because I want to see what that's all like. Um, mm. The blade system is pretty cool. Just like taking a chance on a core crystal and getting a new blade. Sometimes it's a rare blade. On my very first common core crystal I got, I got a new rare blade. And I was like, yee, new rare blade. <laughs> so like the regular blades are like these generic characters with generic names. But the rare blades are like these intricately designed characters. And when you go to their character pages in your menu, it actually tells you who voiced them in English, who voiced them in Japanese, and the illustrator. Um, Fancy. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, the first rare blade I got, um, her name's Agat, and she's got a big axe, and she looks like Mercy from Overwatch. Uh, so it's cool stuff. All right. Um, we'll talk about this probably a lot. Yeah. Because I don't think we're going to be done with it anytime soon. <laughs> well, I heard the main story is like 65-ish hours, so I'm a tenth of the way there, I guess. Or a sixth of the way there, excuse me. Well, then I'll, I'll rephrase that. I'll be playing it for a long while. <laughs> <laughs> um, on top of that, yes, I did buy Fire Emblem Warriors. Um, the thing with that is I, uh, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition had just come out, and I was looking mm. at the box, and I was like, and I'm kind of tempted to pick this up because I liked Hyrule Warriors a lot. Um, and then I had looked over at Fire, Fire Emblem Warriors, and I was like, well, this is just a completely new game that I've never played. And with and that, you're still getting a similar experience. Yes. Yeah, so with that in mind, I was like, this is the one I'm going to go with. But for the most part, I picked it up because it has two-player co-op support for the entire game, and uh, it gives me something to play with Michaela. And we've we've been playing it only together, so it's kind of our co-op game right also, now. Also, I heard Fire Emblem Warriors is better than Hyrule Warriors. I've heard the same thing. Uh, as of now, I don't agree yet. But okay. there are aspects of it that I definitely think are better than Hyrule Warriors, but those have been right. implemented into the new port of that game. Um, right but yeah it's 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 a dynasty warriors game if that's if that's your thing it's your thing if it's not it's it, you're not going to enjoy it just bottom line um yeah 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 but i'm glad i picked it up i do wish there was more characters from other fire emblem games like ike and uh roy i believe are not in it at all which is surprising to me because you know they're big in super smash brothers and ike is my favorite fire emblem character just in general, so it's kind of sad to not have him playable. Yeah, no kidding. But it is what oh, it is. Well. I'll keep playing it. I'm enjoying it so far. Nintendo No Plays says, honestly, some of these anime swordsmen and women really need to go. I know it's a generic complaint, but it's really clashed with the rest of the cast, uh, which is very diverse. Um, is that in reference to... Probably Fire Smash. Smash Brothers? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, because, it's because Sakurai loves them actually it's entirely his bias i think he needs to scale it back or do it like a different way so it's not like because half half the the um character select screen is like fire emblem characters and it doesn't necessarily need to be that crom marth and lucina can all be the same character with costume swaps yeah yep. i mean even if they want to keep like the uh the different um like physics Blade balances yeah i mean yeah. there should be some way of like attaching that to the character swap yeah without just filling up another space um yeah. i mean I we mean, have to, to a degree like 
Sorry. We have to look at characters like Lucina, um, not as anything clogging up the character roster because she was just right. added at the end because Sakurai had time and he's like, you know what? I'll just throw in an extra character. And then we'll just change how the sword works a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I really like that a lot. It's just like we've we've talked about character slots before, and like I don't think that that's a thing per se. I think it's a myth. but you do have to think about the yeah. the menu and like the character select screen, how easy it is to find things, and I think it needs to be updated to accommodate an ever expanding roster. Yeah, because we're over 60 characters right now. If they add another 20 problem, characters, we're over 80. <laughs> I have problems finding Captain Falcon most of the time. He's, and you he's think alone. That since he's like, you'd think that since like, I play him most exclusively that I'd know where he's at, but I still don't. I still haven't learned. Um, I I don't know. I think, I think Smash 5 will handle the character roster page a little different because... It's just it's a alarmingly large number now, and it's going to only get bigger. Um, assuming they don't cut anyone, but there's a rumor right now that they're not. And if they're not, that's great. No cuts. Yeah. No cuts ever. Um, so on top of Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, I played the Sushi Striker demo, and I wanted to give that a little bit of attention really quick because uh, this is a game that I'm not particularly interested in personally because I'm not big into puzzle games myself. Um, it's mm-hmm. It's the fact that there's like so there's like a there's so many production values like to this game, like there's full animated anime cutscenes with like full voice acting, um, the HD assets are really pretty. Like the menu designs are really strong in this game. This whole sense of identity is just there, like a really solid package in that regard. Um, the gameplay didn't do a lot for me, but if you like puzzle games, you're probably going to enjoy this. It's they're mixing puzzles with battling like you have levels and stats and hp and you're actually attacking your enemies um using the plates that you get from eating sushi um so it's it's a cool concept it's definitely unique and i think puzzle fans will have a lot to like from this game um it's also going to have online multiplayer with you know one-on-one battles so if uh, if this is your thing i think there's this is a good package maybe a little on the pricey side but a good package yeah i'll i'll pick it up on a discount yeah. Like that's that's what yeah. I'm waiting for is I I I was listening to Josh Thomas talk about uh some E3 stuff and all this other stuff and he was talking about Shushi Strikers specifically and he was like um this is nice. I'd probably pay 20 bucks for it though. That's kind <laughs> yeah. of where I'm at. Like that that's I think exactly the price that I would pay. 60s really far off from that like well aren't they pricing it at 50 it's 50 on switch 40 on 3ds i keep forgetting that yeah so like 50 dollars is like it's just uh it's just a port of a three i get much more games like don't complain and we don't you really know? know like how much content is stuffed in there so for all we know there's so much in that game it might actually be worth the 50 bucks based on like content distribution right um, but then again, like I said from the get-go, this is not my kind of game. I'm not really into puzzle games. So obviously, yeah. from my standpoint, I'm not going to think this is worth 50 bucks because it, it's not something I'm personally invested in. Um, but say I was like a big puzzle fan, maybe I would think it's worth 50 bucks. There's a, there's a lot of dynamics at play. Um, Logan, where do you stand on that price point? Because like, 
for when I think puzzle games, I think like five, ten dollars on the eShop, not fifty dollars for this type of experience. Yeah, well, it really depends. It doesn't matter if it's a puzzle game or not. It just really depends on the experience, you know. Mm-hmm. For a simple puzzle game, like I don't, I'm not going to pay fifty bucks for a Tetris game, you know. Yeah. If it's jam-packed with modes and cool online play, maybe that increases a little but I'm still not going to pay more than 20 for Tetris. And I love Tetris, but mm. I have Tetris on everything. I can play Tetris on my phone. I can play Tetris on my web browser. I can play Tetris on my 3DS already. Um, I don't play Tetris on my web browser at work all the time. I, I think it's important to Where also note get that this game is also an RPG. Um, this is not right. strictly a puzzle game. Um, you have characters that you foster like these little sushi sprites that you they evolve like pokemon actually when they level Mm. up Um, that's cool and they have different special abilities like there's a lot going on here like more than meets the eye and right so far that seems to be like the general reaction i've been seeing from people is they're like hey maybe this game was not what i thought it was because we have a, a, a awful habit of judging things when we first see them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's not worth 50 bucks, but when I have 50 bucks to spend, I'm not going to be spending it on Sushi Strikers, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even, even if I am into puzzle games. Like, there are cheaper, like, much more solid puzzle games that I haven't played through that have a big good story and cost a lot less that I'd played through way and, before I'd if, if, this one if sales reflect that that price point is wrong, I, I do think this is one of the cases where Nintendo would actually drop the price of a game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, considering it's priced at 40 on the 3DS, you know? That's actually one thing. There's already a cheaper say. place you can get it. And the like, UI might be even better for the 3DS than it would be for the Switch. The only thing even the Switch has got going like, for it is it's HD. Even right. if it is more than meets the eye and like shock full of content, like I still feel like forty dollars, like that price point starts to make sense to me. Fifty somehow doesn't. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. And when does this launch? I don't even remember. Is this June eighth? Okay, so this is a couple weeks before Mario Tennis. Yeah, so that right there tells so me that they're like, not super confident this is, in this. They're uh, they're pre E three game. You uh, know? Well, Mario Tennis, I guess. Well, it comes out right after E three, but they're letting us play it next week. Um, yeah. Well, at least they released a demo. It's good that Nintendo is like trying to get yeah, this in people's for hands. For smaller, less established games, I think demo. Right, because again, nobody's gonna buy it if they don't know what it is. It's one thing if it's a well-known like franchise and a well-established gameplay. You don't even need necessarily need a demo, but for something that's so foreign to people, it's nice to give them an in before they decide they're gonna decide that it's worth fifty bucks. Uh, yeah. For the sake of time, we should move on. Um, Splatoon Two. This is something that we all played. Um, if yep. you were here with us, we were participating we're sorry. Uh, in the Splatfest on Team Donnie. We're real good. Tom t- Tom Donnie. <laughs> Team Donnie did win the Splatfest, so go Donnie fans. No, thanks to us. Um, no, we were bad. It was we won- we played like thirteen or fourteen matches, and we won a single game, one game in the entire stream. Skill, pretty good. Skill. That was like one of like the worst experiences I've ever had in Splatoon from like a competitive standpoint. It was just like the saddest stream ever. 
morality was like so low you guys were like messaging me like up. how much longer are we doing this if you want to laugh at people that are bad at splatoon go back and watch our stream when, it's a good time it hopefully the mario kart stream goes a little different than that you guys will be involved so um if you decide that you're going to be better than us then maybe it'll happen again who knows um but it was fun i'm happy team donnie won i love splatoon 2 i absolutely love splatoon 2 um, I'm yeah. excited for the news on June 9th. Can't wait to see what that is. And Octo Expansion is a day one buy for me. I'm going to pay for it and probably play through it all in one go if I can. Yeah, same. Um, you guys have any more comments on Splatoon 2? No, not on Splatoon 2. But Logan, it's got you've been motion playing, controls. You've been playing Detroit. I've been playing Detroit. I've been waiting for this game for a long time. And um, so just to preface this, obviously, if you're not familiar with David Cage, David Cage has made games in this vein before, uh, most notably Heavy Rain on the PS3, which hasn't aged that well. I don't think it aged well. I think it had it had its quirks about it um, when it launched, you know, but it was a new thing when it launched. Right, It was so different from everything that had been done before that people were kind of like, they forgave it for some of its flaws. So I feel like Detroit is a more refined version of that. Um, the character models and facial expression, while they're perfect, they're miles, miles better. Like there are some times where it looks like uber nice. Like I can't believe I'm playing this on a PS4, you know? Um, but they can dedicate all of that, you know, to, to making the game look really nice because it's not like it's a complicated game. It's all, it's all scripted. And, um, but the appeal is that, you know, you could finish the game. It has, you know, all these different endings and all these different ways you can get from mm -hmm. point A to point B. Uh, you can have characters die in the first scene uh, that you're involved with, you know, uh, and then they give you flow charts for after each scene. So you can see if there's, oh, some some of the scenes will play through the same every time. Though I don't believe all those scenes will always be accessible. You know, maybe you do something in a previous scene that unlocks that scene, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you'll come out of a scene and you'll realize there was six different endings, you know, to a single scene. You know, wow. six possibilities. And also, depending on where you're at in the game... Some of those options might be closed off because you didn't do something previously in another scene with another character. So there's definitely um, a lot of layers to the way the story progresses. Yeah, I will. I don't anticipate this game being much longer than 10 to 12 hours. That seems but, about right for this kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And, and I wouldn't want it to be much longer. Uh, but uh, the catch is that I will probably play through this game multiple times. Uh, because of the possibilities of uh, doing things with different characters and getting uh, different outcomes, you know? Like, right now, I'm trying just to kind of play feels right, you know? Like, you would, like, any RPG or something like that. You just you play what flows, and then you go through with specific goals in mind. Like, okay, I'm going to be a jerk this entire time. Like, everything that motivates me is I'm just going to try to be, like, as evil as possible. Or I'm going to try as good as possible or brown-nosy as possible. Um, so there's a myriad of ways you can play through this game, and that's what really adds a lot of that value. Uh, and, and I can't wait to see how much and how big of... 
like your mistakes or your triumphs, like how big of a difference those are supposed to make? Are they really going to make a difference in the end? Uh, and that's something I probably won't really find out unless I've played it through two or three times. So um, I wanna, I'll probably have finished my first run through by next week because I'll be playing a lot of this game this next week. Uh, and then maybe by the next week, I'll have played it through a second time and had a completely different experience and see what, okay, what's, what's common, how, or maybe what's the, what's the quickest ending, right? It's like all the characters die and they don't like <laughs> triumph and there's like these really sad endings. I'm going to speed run, um, speed run Detroit. <laughs> right. See what kind of things I can do with that. Um, because like there's, you know, games do that all the time. And I'm pretty sure that like even Heavy Rain had some that were kind of just like kind of off the wall i'm getting um, the impression you're enjoying yourself oh yes very much but <laughs> also it should be noted i enjoy this kind of game i i understand mm -hmm. that not everybody's going to enjoy these kind of games it's like an interactive movie like yeah. that's really the best way to describe it it's an interactive movie and the main thing is giving you variance in how the story plays out uh and so if you're really into story and you're really into just like super uber pretty environments uh, and uber pretty like models of like, like you can see all of the details and the faces. And there's, there's actually, even some really big names in here too for actors. Uh, you kind of sparked a thought. There's been a lot of uh, talk, and I don't remember specifically who this comes from but they want to make a movie, like an actual movie in this style where people would come to the theater with their phones and their phones would prompt them with the decisions live and, uh, you know, they'd plug in their answers and whoever wins, that's the direction the movie will go. Didn't well, Nintendo have something like that too? People have been Maybe making jokes about that kind of thing. But, but there are people out there who want it to be a real thing. No, I, I'd be surprised if it hasn't happened, at least in some mm. capacity somewhere. Maybe it has. You know? And very simple, but yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like this kind of thing fits this medium. I'd honestly be interested in seeing how this kind of gameplay translates to VR in the mm. future, and playing through like a smaller because it's not like a it's not like a big game in the sense of here mass environments. They're just really small like scenes, and so you load a scene. Uh, you do some actions, those affect what scenes come next and, and what plays out and how it plays out. I actually think uh, that type of game would be a really great fit. I'll let you mention it. Yeah, because it's not trying to do too much. It, it adds and, the immersion of it. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be interesting. Obviously, it wouldn't be exactly the same. And it's able to remain cinematic as it is because it's, um, you know, just on TV. But mm -hmm. it had to change for VR. But I really enjoy this game. Uh, the voice acting is fantastic. It's like really top notch. Again, they have some really big, um, big name actors. I think Jesse Williams. Hmm. Yeah, Jesse Williams, uh, and he's been in some like he's all over TV, right? So television, uh, Law and Order, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, that's the big one. He's on Grey's Anatomy, right? So there you go. He's practically a real doctor. It, it tells you the caliber of of you know this project, and obviously yeah. David Cage's last project had a Willem Dafoe in it. You know, um, so I'm not surprised to see uh, big name actors uh, in this video game either. But I'm really enjoying myself, uh, and I'll let you guys know more once I get more into it.
Looking forward to it. Sweet. What you got, Paul? It was you know Blade Chronicles two and Splatoon two, so I'm already <laughs> tapped out. <laughs> I think I think we're just about. Yeah. Uh, so on the same. We broke uh, it down. On the yeah. We did. So on that same note, um, <laughs> we'll be talking about Xenoblade two as we progress more through that. Logan will get you more on Detroit as he progresses through that. Uh, once again, I'm going to keep reiterating this. We will be doing all kinds of coverage for E3. So, like, if you want our opinions and you want to see these reactions live, this is the place to be. Um, Come experience it with us. Yeah. We, we want to hang out with you guys. With Paul specifically. React together. Um, we'll be streaming <laughs> Nintendo's stream live here. So um, you can watch our reactions live. We'll also upload all of the reactions separately uh, later throughout that day. Um, so that you can find everything if you're looking for something specific. Um, but I, I'm incredibly excited for E3. Uh, today has been especially hard for me for some reason. Like, I can't stop thinking this about it. has been really tough. We got I got two more work weeks to get through, and then I'm on vacation, and it's E3 time. I, I need it. That's the best use of vacation, like, period. Well, last week, or last year, I missed Nintendo's E3 show because I, you know, I had a news story I was on. And it hurt yeah. because Metroid Prime 4 got announced and I wasn't there to see it. <laughs> I wanted that game for years. <laughs> I was hurt. At least it was only a logo. Yeah. I'll be there for the gameplay reveal. Um, so uh, with that, I want to thank you guys for watching. Um, I come guess, back tomorrow for our tournament. Yeah, come back tomorrow night for the tournament. The code is on our Twitter. Uh, can someone post another link to that in the chat real quick? Um, invite your friends to. I don't know how many people are going to get to come out, but we'd love to have as many as possible. The more, the merrier. There's no limit on who can join. Um, it's completely open to the public. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, just go on Discord. Like, if you're not on our Discord already, like, you can find all of the information. Right. right uh, I know. We're on like, Discord all, all the time. If you guys want to talk to us, just get on there. Feel free to chat. Yeah. We're totally also, open to if it. You want, we have if all you kinds want, of channels. Uh, yeah. Switch friend topics. friend codes, uh, like my friend code is in my profile on Discord. You can literally just right click and hit to, profile to exchange friend codes. Um, yeah, we can my friend code in the Discord. My Discord. That. So um, definitely join us there. Missed it by that much. Oh, thank you, Nintendo Snow. You're you're <laughs> you are deserving it, of that uh, that mod role you got. Um, <laughs> uh, I had something else I wanted to say. But it's it's leaving me. Oh, okay. Uh, we have some. I kind of have something important I want to talk to you guys about. Um, we've talked a little bit about this behind the scenes, uh, but I do want to get some feedback. Um, we have been entertaining well, the know. idea yeah. of separating the Nintendo news and Nintendo talk portion of this podcast into its own podcast. Um, it would take the time slot of the breakdown podcast. But the Breakdown Podcast would still be its own thing and recorded live on a separate day. Uh, are you guys into that as an idea? Do you like what we're doing right now? Because um, we notice a lot of you guys come here for the Nintendo stuff, and if if it works better for us to separate that, we want to do that. So definitely let us know. Um, we'll, we'll play around yeah, with the idea for a while. Let, let us know in our Discord. Let us know in our Discord. Let us know in our Discord. Um, we'll play around with the idea for a while. Um, maybe we'll do a couple test runs. If you guys like it, we'll keep doing it. Um, I just wanted to bring that up to you guys because I want to make this a conversation. Like, I want to yeah. know what you guys want to see. Um, 
because you're our fans. Without you, we're nothing. So that's why I think it's important. Um, so definitely give us some feedback on that. Follow us on all of our Twitter pages that are on the video version. I'm at Bababs, at Logidoves, at Gunnysaurus. We're at Breaker Arcade. Um, if you want to support us even more, you can help us out on our Patreon. It helps us do this full time. And, you know, maybe next year we'll even go to E3's media. That's, that's the goal right now um, is to grow. So I want to thank you guys for helping us out with all that, especially you two, Nintendo Snow and Dream Drop Sora. It's, it's such a pleasure to have you guys here every week. Um, uh, so I guess Give I have to thank MVPs. Roger for for exposing us to each other and making this beautiful fandom to friendship thing happen um but with that we're gonna see you guys next week make sure to come back tomorrow for the mario kart 8 deluxe tournament um get ready to lose logan's throwing down challenge just like that careful you might just accidentally have a splatoon 2 moment again <laughs> So uh, with that, guys, we'll see you next week with episode 16 of the Breakdown Podcast. So don't break your backs, break in the games, but for now, break time's over.